Welcome back. It's the Brady Farkas Show right here on WDEV AM and FM and WDEVradio.com. UVM men's basketball has pushed the start of their season along with the rest of UVM winter sports until December 18th. But we did get some good news last night. Anthony Lamb signs a contract with the Detroit Pistons. There's a whole lot of language to it that makes it not guaranteed that he's on the roster come opening day, but uh, still some good news nonetheless. Let's go out to the phone line and bring in Kevin Sweeney, who covers college basketball maybe more in-depth than anybody, especially at the mid and low major area. Kevin, thanks for being with us. How are you? Doing great, Brady. Uh, eve of the season. Couldn't be couldn't be more excited. Well, eve of the season, but uh, it's certainly been tumultuous in getting here. You know, a, a couple of weeks ago, I wouldn't say that I was critical, but I questioned why UVM kind of preemptively um, pushed back the start of their winter season. Now, it does turn out they had a positive, te- a positive case, so it kind of maybe, you know, alleviates anybody's concerns about that. But when you saw that UVM preemptively pushed the start of their season, were you surprised? I was surprised a little bit, I would say. I mean, I think everyone expected there were more dominoes to come. And I think uh, when UVM made the announcement, there was some buzz that it would certainly not be the last. I think when you actually look at what has happened over the last, uh, you know, two weeks or so since that announcement came, it feels like it's been a decade. Uh, But yeah. I think I think it's actually been surprising that there haven't been more that followed suit. I texted a bunch of mid-major sources, particularly in the Northeast, and, and said, "Is is this a bellwether?" And they all said, "Yeah, I think a lot of people are headed in this direction." And uh, you know, a lot of those teams have wound up having to shut down for a little bit due to a positive case. But I think uh, a lot of people's mentality has just been, "Once we're able to play, we're going to play games." And you know, Vermont's model makes sense in that it, it prepares them for for the conference season, which is all that really matters for for a one bid league like like the America East and a program like Vermont. But uh, other than Vermont and Northeastern and, and a few kind of scattered schools throughout the country, we haven't seen it become the uh, the big shift that I think some people thought it could be uh, when the Catamounts made that move. Before we get to this year's version of the UVM team, let me ask you about Anthony Lamb and last year's version. Um, two-time America East player of the year. He signs a deal with the Pistons. Again, the language is very, very confusing. But bottom line is it's not guaranteed he's going to be on the Detroit Pistons roster. You study mid-major players, low-major players as, as much as anybody when you look at how he compares to other people in similar spots as him, what are his chances of making it at the next level? I mean, I think the biggest thing that that is important for him is the shooting. You know, he regressed a little bit in that front last year. I think there were a lot of people coming into the season who thought he's on this track to be a 40% three-point shooter, and that makes him an NBA caliber player at six foot six. And, you know, they continue to improve him with his mobility to guard on the perimeter. If he could shoot 40% from three at a shot, and he regressed to 29%. I think that's why he didn't really get the draft looks that uh, he might have had otherwise. But, you know, he'll, he'll be in camp, I think, in a good situation for him in that there's going to be a lot of roster spots open for the Pistons. They're in a rebuild, the opportunity to, uh, you know, to, to compete against the big boys in camp. And the best part about the Exhibit 10 contract is it incentivizes teams to sign those players to G League deals uh, down the line if they don't make the team. So I would be very surprised if Lamb made the active roster on opening night. Uh, but this is a good opportunity for him to impress during camp, get a you know extended tryout period, and then uh, go wind up with the Grand Rapids drive, the G League team for for the Pistons, and uh, hopefully impress there and have a shot potentially down the line this season or moving forward. You know, it's a certainly a weird. It's a, it's a negative time frame for somebody in Lamb's position to try to make a team. He didn't get the NCAA tournament, maybe to show out. He didn't get tr- summer league. He didn't get traditional workouts. He didn't get a traditional training camp. How much harder is it this year than others for a low major player to come in and try to make a roster? 
I think it's a lot harder because I think summer league is the most important time for, t- for a player like Anthony Lamb. We see usually two to three guys every year go to summer league. They were undrafted. No one is expecting much out of them and they ball out and it earns them, it earns them that contract. And so, you know, the good news is that two way contract players in the NBA, which is the, you know, essentially the level right below the NBA. It's the contract that Anthony Lamb would probably love to have instead of an exhibit 10. Those guys can be with the team almost all season. So if Lamb does show out, he'll have a chance to potentially be with the, be with the Pistons most of the season this year due to COVID protocols. Uh, but it certainly hurts to not have that, uh, that chance to show out, not just for your own team when you're on the summer league. It's also an opportunity for every other team in the league to say, Hey, okay. The Pistons don't want to sign me in summer league, but you know, I played really well, and now the Spurs want me, or something like that. So uh, certainly, certainly frustrating, and not the ideal chance. But you know, it sounds like there will be a, a felt relatively robust G League season, which should help them quite a bit. You know, you and I are young enough that we don't go back to the to the quote glory days of the America East, where you had a lot of different teams in the conference. And you saw a lot, you know, Vin Bakers of the world play. But kind of in this last 15, 20 year version of the America East, where would you say Lamb ranks for you? I mean, Jameel Warney's been really good, and Jamar. Jamar Wilson was really good, and Taylor Coppenrath was really good. I don't need you to put a number on it, but kind of is Lamb in that conversation in terms of players you've seen in the America East? Yeah, he definitely is. I think he's right there with with Warney uh, in particular. I think are the two guys that I really remember as being you know a cut above the rest. Unfortunately, he didn't have that one March moment. Neither really did Warney, although he did get to the NCAA tournament as a senior, which was a huge deal. Uh, I think you think about like a guy like Peter Hooley who didn't necessarily have the yeah. career, but he's going to be remembered forever for that shot. And Anthony Lamb doesn't necessarily have that shot uh, in, in his back pocket, but you know, just an incredible career to be a four-year contributor the way he was to score nearly 2000 points. Uh, he's definitely one of the great ones in the last 10 years or so. If he hadn't broken his foot his sophomore year, he probably hits the 2000 point uh, marker. And even when he came back, he really wasn't the same that year. Moving to this year's team, Steph Smith, Steph Smith is the catalyst of this team how does he compare in terms of uh other america east players this year you think i think he's he's right up there i think it'll be very interesting to see how he fares in what will be a larger role where the you know the focus of the defense is on him he always had lamb as a, a as a guy that is circled underlined highlighted wherever you can do on a scouting report but you know smith really impressed me with a shooting particularly last season the development for him from you know, freshman to sophomore to junior year as a shooter has been really impressive. And that's going to be his ticket to, to pro basketball, whether that's, you know, in, in America or overseas, is the ability to shoot the ball. So he, he's definitely up there. Uh, will be an all-conference guy. I think Obadiah Noel at UMass Lowell is probably the most talented kid in this league, but Steph Smith's right up there without a doubt. And a big reason why I have Vermont as the number one team in the A-East. You know, I'm disappointed to see Bernie Andre, the transfer from Northern Arizona, leave the program. Was excited about him as kind of a long athletic wing player. Um, who can also, you know, s- you know, score a good amount. But they've got a couple of other transfers that I don't know that much about. Justin Mazzullo is a guy they got from George uh, George Washington, I believe. They got Tomas Murphy from Northeastern. They have some new faces that are expected to contribute. What do you know about some of these new catamounts? Yeah, Mazzullo is a guy who, who was a key rotation cog at um, at George Washington for Maurice Joseph when he was yeah. there and then left because uh, the coaching change didn't really fit in with Jamie and Christian style. Um, but this, you know, is a perfect rotation caliber player. I mean, he started 33 games as, as a sophomore in the A-10 at point guard. Like, you're going to take that every single day. I think he'll boost up this backcourt quite a bit. Not not a great shooter, but he's going to defend. He's tough. He can handle the ball. You take it. And Murphy's a, a high upside kid. You know, at one point was, was, was seen as an elite recruit on elite trajectory very early in his recruitment, really faded, wound up at Northeastern. Can really space the floor. I think that will help, you know, playing with a guy like Ryan Davis up front. 
you know, you talk about Missoula being kind of a defense first guard. Kind of sounds like Ben Shungu, but with a higher pedigree having played at the uh, at the A10. Am I right in that comparison? Yeah, I think he can score a little bit more than, than Shungu, but but definitely a guy who I think will fit into the ethos of, of that system defensively. And uh, Shungu's been a key rotation guy, obviously, for the Catamounts. Kevin Sweeney with us here at the Brady Farkas Show, WDEV, AM and FM, WDEVradio.com, founder of College Basketball Central. You can find him on Twitter at CBB underscore Central. He does a podcast there as well. Um, UVM was supposed to play in the Mohegan Sun tournament coming up this week. Uh, does that tournament even exist anymore? Every time I, everywhere I look, people are pulling out of this thing. It, it, it has turned into, all right, there's a bunch of teams here and we're going to figure out how to put them together into events, which honestly is not the worst, worst strategy in the world, right? Like this is going to have to be a flexible season and having a bunch of teams ready to go and, and, and swapping it out. I'm good friends with the uh, uh, director of ops at San Francisco. And they, they joined this tournament on Friday, had to fly cross country on Monday morning on a charter flight to get to, to, to Hartford and then head to head to Mohegan Sun. I mean, it's been they've changed opponents like three times since they committed to that <laughs> on Friday. It, it's it's really remarkable the amount of turnover. But uh, it, it there are still some some high profile games in there. You're going to get potentially Villanova versus Arizona State, which would be the headliner. Some of these mid major schools are going to try to come potentially later on. I know uh, Sienna's hoping to get into there in, in maybe like early December time period instead of their uh, or original window around Thanksgiving weekend. So. It's it's been bumpy without a doubt, but it is you know kind of the rules of engagement at this point. I think uh, the good thing there is that you know there's going to be a lot of teams that are still able to play, and there's been a lot of interest in getting in late. Teams want to come and and play. It's going to be a really really good bellwether event for because this is what the NCAA tournament can be defined like. It's going to be you know a bunch of teams in the same area playing at, at one point for a couple weeks, and can we figure that out? Let's hope we can. And Mohegan and uh, South South Dakota they have a tournament there as well that'll be a couple good bellwethers for what March could look like. Well, I'll get you out of here on this. You know the uh, America East specifically very, very well. When UVM gets this new arena done, and it's probably two seasons away or so, but when they get the new arena built, um, how much of an impact will that make in recruiting based on what you see in the other you know, mid and low major landscapes? I think it 100% helps. Now, again, I think John Becker has proven he doesn't need a gym to sell recruits. Mm-hmm. I think he's proven you know, he has gotten kids to come to UVM that – probably have no business coming to UVM. And I think that speaks to his ability to a, you know, use the summer weather to his advantage and use, you know, use every, every single asset possible. But without a doubt, when you have something flashy, like a new arena to sell, it can be a big recruiting boost, particularly with the success that this program has had. So uh, it it helps you compete against A-10 schools, which I think is the goal at every one bid league in the Northeast is can you steal some recruits from A-10 schools? I think it helps you do that without a doubt. Kevin Sweeney, College Basketball Central. Follow him on Twitter at CBB underscore Central. He's as tuned in as anybody, especially to the lower conference stuff. He knows, he knows everything, but really, if you want to follow kind of UVM and their subsequent competition, he's a guy to follow. Kevin, man, we appreciate it. Thanks, Brady.